You're listening to Favor, a peak potential newsletter created by Jolana R. Bostwick to encourage and uplift women to live out their God-given dreams. An Encouraging Note by Jolana R. Bostwick. Hello, friends. I have a hobby of finding plants and flowers in the discard pile located in hidden corners of the greenhouse section in home improvement stores. Over a year's time, I have found 50 plus of them ranging from 25 cents to $6 that were barely hanging on, and I take them and work to bring them back to life. I planted an arrangement earlier this year and spent quite some time removing the dead weeds from each one before I placed them in a planter box, covering them with rich soil. Unfortunately, I didn't have enough soil to finish the second planter box filled with the same arrangement, but I knew I would remember to finish filling the remaining one sooner or later. Let's just say that I forgot, or really neglected, the half-covered planter box until the day I noticed the covered planter box was growing significantly, the other one not so much. In my fascination and forgetfulness, I started to investigate the reason why one was growing at a faster rate. It seemed I had totally forgotten that I had left one planter box without enough soil and the other one was full. Only after I saw one growing so much more did I start to notice the other one was stunted. In my defense, I couldn't notice a difference for a long time because it looked as though they both were doing well. I kept on saying I would cover the other plants fully in good soil. Then I would see that it was doing all right in its current condition, then begin doing something else. I started noticing slight differences in the two, but again, it wasn't drastic, so I waited. This particular day though, I looked out and saw how much life the one covered in good soil had. Yes, the other one was doing well, but this fully covered one had life. I left immediately for more potting soil. Phew, it's now flourishing too. I think this can happen to us sometimes. We can forget how important it is to completely immerse ourselves in good soil. We wonder why we aren't in a better place, why we aren't growing at a faster pace, but have we considered that we haven't been covering ourselves completely in God's word? God is that soil, and once we fully commit, we will grow more than ever imagined. Same as the flowers that seemed as though they were growing at the same rate when they weren't. Once covered, His truth takes hold and you will begin to live. It's not too late to immerse yourself in God's good soil. You will be brought to life in all its fullness. Trust me, Jolana R. Bostwick, Editor-in-Chief and Encourager. Living on Laughter, LOL by J.R.B. I stand here thinking of forgiven history's past, of the hurts and pains that have all turned back. I'm glad I let go of anger, worry, and wrath on that very day when I decided a different path. I've been living on laughter since the day I forgave. Oh my God, yes. Oh, how you can save. I've been living longer and I'm having a blast 
for you said my light would linger if I continued to laugh. Favor Feature, Beth Goodrich, Executive Director, Arkansas Coalition Against Domestic Violence, Little Rock, Arkansas. When you have the chance to be featured in a newsletter, would you focus on yourself or would you use the opportunity to focus on educating others on a mission that is near and dear to your heart? Well, October is National Domestic Violence Awareness Month and Beth Goodrich, the executive director of the Arkansas Coalition Against Domestic Violence, would like to use this space to educate favor readers on domestic violence. A survivor of domestic violence herself, Beth has been leading the effort to educate others on the dangers of domestic violence since 2005. She does so knowing that she is saving lives by providing essential resources to those who may not know they are in danger. Yes, those experiencing domestic violence and abuse may be living with the notion that what they are going through is normal and that there is no other way of living life than staying in their current situation. This is why Favor celebrates Beth Goodrich for spreading awareness about domestic violence. Here are some resources from her organization's website. If you recognize that you are experiencing any or all of the definitions, do not hesitate to call the number provided for help. All services are provided in a confidential, non-judgmental manner. Domestic violence, definition of the problem. Battering is a pattern of forcible control that one person exercises over another. Battering is behavior that physically harms, arouses fear, prevents an individual from doing what she or he wishes or forces them to behave in ways they do not want. Battering includes the use of physical and sexual violence, threats and intimidation, emotional abuse and economic deprivation. What is abuse? Abuse includes, but is not limited to the following, physical, hitting, slapping, strangulation, etc., kicking, burning, cutting, using or threatening to use a weapon, killing or maiming a pet, destroying home or belongings. Sexual, rape, forced sex, forced sex with others, unwanted sexual practices, sexual abuse of victim's child. Emotional, constant verbal harassment, humiliation, food or sleep deprivation, threats or accusations, isolation from family or friends. Economic, not permitting victim to work, taking victim's money. For anonymous confidential help available 24 seven, call the, call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233, SAFE, or 1-800-787-3224. Now. Christ in My Life, Seeing Him in Music by Meredith Young. Who doesn't love music? I love all kinds of music. It speaks to me through the lyrics and through the melody, 
And I believe one way that we can see who Jesus Christ is, is through music. There are times when I am reminded of Christ's power or his patience or his grace through a song that I see written or hear being sung. I want to share what and who Jesus Christ is in my life by sharing how I see him through two songs. I grew up in a family where we attended church services from the time I was born and where I was able to participate in many activities to grow my faith and declare my belief in Jesus Christ through baptism. One of my favorite church songs has always been You Are My All in All by Natalie Grant and Dennis Jernigan. The first two verses say, You are my strength when I am weak. You are the treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. Seeking you as a precious jewel. Lord, to give up I'd be a fool. You are my all in all. Taking my sin, my cross, my shame, rising up again, I bless your name. You are my all in all. When I fall down, you pick me up. When I am dry, you fill my cup. You are my all in all. This song reminds me that being a follower of Jesus Christ does not mean that he is with me only on the good days. He is with me at all times, when I am joyfully serving others and when I am making big time mistakes. Sometimes I am confident he is there and other times I question if he is listening and why he has set me on the path I have followed. But when I reflect on every circumstance, I know that he is guiding my way. He sees me as important and he will mold me and use my talents to glorify him. A few weeks ago when Jelana asked me to write about Christ in my life, I was sitting with my aunt as she was in the final stages of cancer. While I felt many emotions, the song In Christ Alone by Stuart Townsend kept coming to my mind. The first and last verse say, In Christ alone my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground. Firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace. When fears are stilled, when striving cease. My comforter. My all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. No guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me, from life's first cry to final breath. Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand. Till he returns or calls me home, here in the power of Christ I stand. This song reminds me that Christ is my comforter. He has power over death. For me, Jesus Christ is not only my Savior, whom I worship and strive to be like, but he is the one who will, through his grace, bring all of my family and friends back together. Jesus Christ is my Savior, all-powerful and all-knowing. He has a plan that I should trust in, and sometimes I see him in music and am, and am reminded of what he has done for me. What could the songs you are hearing be saying about Christ? Meredith Young A favorite inspiration, instructor Stephanie Spivey, Cooksul Juan, Rogers, Arkansas. Kuxul Wan is a complete martial art that combines hand striking, kicking, 
throwing, grappling, joint locking, falling, acrobatics, animal style techniques, and 24 traditional weapons into a hard soft style emphasizing speed and fluidity. Stephanie Spivey is a fourth degree black belt studying Cook Wan martial arts for 15 plus years. Along with her husband, Pyong Kwan Jung Nim, master and chief instructor, Eric Spivey, who is a fifth degree black belt. They own Cook Wan in Rogers, Arkansas. She is a true inspiration, continuing to pursue her love for martial arts while working full time as a lawyer. As an instructor, she inspires countless individuals to pursue their personal goals while working towards her own. Favor is proud to name Sabam Nim instructor Stephanie Spivey a favorite inspiration. Too Busy Trying by J.R.B. You can't hear a thing if you are too busy trying. You can't hear his words if your ears are covered. So don't you go searching without praying and obeying. Trust in the Lord and he will open the door. In Loving Memory, a tribute by Selena Gaddison. Let me start out by saying thank you to any and everyone who is taking the time to read my story. It took a lot out of me to share this journey of losing my sister, but I've also gained so much by putting my loss into words. Writing this has given me the courage to express my feelings publicly, knowing that my words may encourage someone who may be going through the same situation. Me and my sister Anna were six years apart, so I basically helped to raise her, changing diapers, feeding, teaching, etc. So when she passed away, it was as if a part of me died in a sense. My sister was always a bright, outgoing, and fun child growing up, and those same personality traits transferred into her young adulthood. Anna was a talented young lady, and there was almost nothing she could not do. She was great at athletics, excellent in basketball and track, intelligent, but she was also a girly girl. I must say, she learned most of her style and grace from her older sister, me. All jokes aside, she was a beautiful young lady and had a presence that attracted many people to her. I will never forget the day I received the phone call from my mother while I was at work that something bad had happened. Granted, my mother is an extraordinarily strong woman, but her voice when I answered the phone was extremely weakened. She stated it was regarding my sister, so I knew it was terrible. As the phone call progressed, she expressed that my sister had died tragically in a car accident earlier that morning. Now, anyone getting that type of call more than likely cannot control their emotions, and that is what happened to me. I immediately broke down at work, crying, confused, anxious, worried, and angry, 
just to name a few emotions. I went through a major breakdown after the loss of my sister and went into a slight depression. I was mad at God for a long time, wondering why he would take her away so suddenly and tragically. Despite my anger, I can say that my faith certainly grew within the year of 2017 after much soul searching, time alone, regrouping, and strengthening my relationship with God. It took time, but he showed and taught me the reasons he does what he does and that my life was must and that my life must continue on even without my best friend, my sister. It was truly a difficult season, but I survived through it. I know now that the struggle made me stronger for myself and my son. For anyone going through the same situation, just know that there is someone always available to talk. Look around, they are there. And you or anyone you know who has lost a loved one can also get through it. I am not saying it will be easy, but there is light at the end of the tunnel. You may not see it at first, but keep going and you will see daylight. It is there, I promise, for the light of your loved one will always be shining. Thank you again, Jolana and Favor and all the beautiful readers out there. Stay healthy and happy. I will too. I must to continue to keep Anna's memory alive by being a light in my own way, knowing she is watching over and protecting me as I did for her. Sisters are always there for each other, no matter what. I truly believe this and will dedicate my life to living in Anna's loving memory. Favor Nonprofit Spotlight. Be Restored. Courtney Harms, Executive Director and Chairman, Be Restored is a nonprofit for nonprofits. Their mission is restoring passion and balance by reframing wholehearted living for those working in nonprofits. Their vision is to foster a thriving community of people who are working in nonprofits where self compassion is supported through restorative services. You can visit Be Restored's website at www.berestoredinc.org. Courtney Harms says, I want to see others have a space, a safe space to simply be and restore with resources that are readily and consistently available. Be Restored. Congratulations to Favor subscriber Lanisha Bell for following her dream of starting a boutique featuring clothing, jewelry, and accessories. Deer Creek Boutique is located at the Square Peg Mini Mall in Philadelphia, Mississippi. For more information, you can contact Lanisha at services at deercreekboutique.online. Congratulations. No Escaping Our God by Shanika Byers. 
I grew up feeling as if I was dragged to church by my mom because there were many days I didn't want to go. Yes, I can still hear my mom's voice so clearly saying, as long as you are under my roof, you are going to church. She would follow that by, if you can go hang out with your friends on a Saturday, you can go to church on a Sunday. Although I didn't like hearing what my mom had to say then, I can truly say I'm thankful now that she made me go because she was setting a strong foundation. As I matured, I learned to enjoy attending church and throughout the years, I've been actively involved in various ministries. Some would think that being active in the church would keep tough things in life from happening to you, but that's not the case. I found myself experiencing many things that made me question my faith. But through it all, I have found that there is no escaping our God. Allow me to take you on a journey. There was a time when I was, uh, when I was ready for whatever God would say. I remember reciting the words to Kizia Alford's song, saying aloud, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. Whatever you want me to say, I'll say. Wherever you want me to go, I'll go in your name. Lord, have your way in me. Well, God took me at my word and called me to a journey that shook me to my core. Without going into the details, I went through a very dark season during this period where as a result, I stopped praying, reading the Bible, talking to God, and honestly only attending church because it was just a part of my routine. You could say that I was present, but not really in his presence. I simply wanted to be left alone in my despair, but God had other plans. He placed it on my heart to call a friend I hadn't spoken to in months, but I just lay there and refused to call. Less than five minutes later, she called me. I was hesitant to answer the phone because I didn't know what she would say, but God had given her an assignment, and thankfully, my friend was obedient when I wasn't. My friend asked if I wanted to talk, and even though I said no, she offered these words. Well, I'll hold the phone with you all night and listen to you cry. To me, yet again, it was God being the faithful God he has always been, showing me that I wasn't alone. I've come to the realization that during the most difficult times, I had taken my eyes off off of God and placed my attention on everything around me. I was focusing on situations at work, home, church, personal life, etc., instead of God's grace and his sufficiency. There was a lot going on then, but in my moments of doubting him, he would remind me of Romans 8.28, that all things were working for my good, even the troubling things. He would also give me Jeremiah 29.11 to remind me that it's not about me knowing the plan, but trusting that he has a plan and I must embrace the process. I know what it feels like to be loved unconditionally by God. Though I was trying my best to avoid him, he he continued to show me that I'm his and that his love for me is so great. He's always there with open arms. He wants us to know that he is always there, even if he has to chase us down for us to realize we are the apple of his eyes. I stopped running because there was no escaping his love. Have you?
October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, a prayer for breast cancer survivors by Shauna Seacrest, a survivor. Jesus, I thank you. You have both the power and authority and have healed our bodies. I come to you today to thank you. Thank you for I know that the manifestation of your healing power is at work in our bodies. I trust you completely and know that you are looking for an opportunity to show your power in our bodies as our bodies are your holy temple. I speak to every part of our bodies and say, you are healed, whole, and completely restored in Jesus' name. Thank you for I know that you are functioning properly the way God designed you to function. Jesus, you pay the price for our healing, so I trust that you are at, our, at work in us. Holy Spirit, fill every part of us with your supernatural presence. We receive the healing you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Trust and Grow, Fairy Tales for Women by J.R.B. Once upon a time, there was a girl who lived in fear of the world and herself. She helped others daily to overcome fear and told them how amazing and powerful they were. She was good at encouraging others so much that women came from all over to meet her and to receive her wisdom. However, when everyone left, she was always tired and had no energy to take care of herself. She smiled on the outside, but there was no glimmer in her eyes. She knew she needed to change so she could continue to do the things she loved, to help others to see their true potential. She struggled, though, doing everything herself until one day she listened to the quiet, still voice inside that said, Get help. She knew that the dream God placed in her heart was a big one and that she simply could not accomplish it on her own but she was also afraid to ask for help. She feared that the very people who would help would also hurt and leave her alone. The voice inside was the Holy Spirit gently telling her, trust in me and what is yours will be yours. She heard it again and again, but didn't know what to do. She continued to pray daily for the strength to overcome her fear of asking for help. She knew people around her believed in her dream and were willing to assist. The day finally came when she put away her fears, reached out to a friend, and said these words, Can you help me? I can't continue to do this alone. I need your help. Will you help me? The friend listened intently and said something the little girl would never forget. I am glad you asked. How can I help you? In that very moment, the little girl grew instantly into a tall, beautiful woman. She passed the test. She realized she had been a little girl far too long and that the Holy Spirit was telling her that in order to grow, she needed to learn how to ask for help. By asking others for help, she released the bond of distrust. She continued bringing in more trusted souls, realizing she didn't have to do it alone. She continues to grow daily.
Thank you for listening to Favor, a Peak Potential newsletter coming out the 19th of every month. Visit getpeakpotential.com for more information on our services. An encouraging note by J.R.B. Dear friends, my greatest title is that of mom. I became a mom when I was 28 after adopting two young boys after fostering them for a year. As soon as I met my children, I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me that I would watch them grow, that I would be their mom. That was over 10 years ago. I remember the day when their voices deepened and they stood tall over me. I wanted time to stop. I wanted to rewind to when I first met them at 10 and 11, or if possible, to a time when they were toddlers before I knew them. If I could just sneak back to see them as babies. I know, just wishful thinking. As I've said before, wishing can weigh us down. I often have to snap back to reality and recognize that my job as a mom is only beginning. There is so much to experience with them as they are turning into adults. Yes, they may make mistakes, I know I have as a parent, and I will let them learn from them. Yes, I will want to crowd over them, but instead, I will give them space and time to grow. I believe this is what was being spoken into my heart years ago, that I would get a chance to see them not only grow physically, but mentally and spiritually. Aren't we all on this journey of growth, though? As children of God, our Almighty Father is giving us an opportunity to make mistakes and time to grow from them. I know I'm not the same person I used to be, and hallelujah for that notion. I wouldn't dare go back to the old version of me, because this version has done much learning, and I am looking forward to much more with God's covering and protection. As moms, let us remember we will always be there to protect our children, but let us also realize where our covering and theirs comes from, ultimately, as we grow. A favorite inspiration, Lacey Carney, co-founder, Second Milk. Lacey Carney, a wife and mom of six, is also co-founder of Second Milk, a 501c3 that is committed to saving the lives of malnourished and orphaned babies in third world countries around the globe. She and her husband Jason started Second Milk after seeing firsthand the essential need for infants to receive basic sustenance to survive. Their family ran an orphanage in Malawi and were tasked with providing care to orphan children left with them in a life-threatened, weakened state. These children were malnourished, being without the source of food, typically provided at an early stage from their mother's milk. That's where the second milk came to fruition. Lacey is instrumental in providing education on this need by encouraging others to sponsor a child to give them milk. Through donations, the second form of milk is provided for the child, and the results are miraculous. Now living in Northwest Arkansas with her family, Lacey continues to have such a giving and caring heart, providing all she can to raise awareness and save lives. 
She is truly a favorite inspiration. For more information about Second Milk and or to support this ministry, visit www.secondmilk.org. That's www.the number2ndmilk.org.